if you're, if there's something you want to do, don't settle, like do it, go for it. Don't be inauthentic to yourself. Um, go for anything you want. Confusion is just a step, you know, is just a step in the journey to authenticity. So if you're the life in motion podcast is brought to you by actual outdoors. They help build beautiful brands that highlight the approachable and authentic parts of outdoor recreation. Said simply, they keep it real. Learn more at actualoutdoors.com. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up, and welcome to episode 116 of Life in Motion. I've got Katie McLernan with me, who is an avid hiker, camper, rock climber, and just loves anything the outdoors has to offer. She also helps nonprofits like Beyond Boundaries get more people outside. I'm excited to learn what's kept her so passionate about the outdoors and why it's so important for others to experience the same thing. Katie, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yes, I'm excited. Um, as it seems like most of our uh, guests that we've had on recently um, all have ties back to Beyond Boundaries. Uh, just uh, shout out to them again and Shep and and everybody, including yourself, as as long as uh, as well as that. Um, but before we kind of get into um, all of that and what you do there, let's let's uh, kind of start with the origin story, if you will. You know, where are you from? Where you grew up? Kind of hobbies you had? Sort of what led you down this path in the first place? Yeah, I mean, um, I was born in Texas, so um, moved to Virginia when I was nine. And growing up in Texas, I always played like sports, like soccer, volleyball, anything outside. Um, my parents used to just like lock us out of the house, you know, like kids, and we would just <laughs> run around the neighborhood, uh, ride bikes a lot. Um, and then we moved from Texas to Crozet, Virginia, uh, right outside of Charlottesville. Um, and my parents have mountain property there and it's awesome. Um, it's beautiful. But when I was growing up there, obviously I was like, this is so boring. Um, you know, <laughs> and I didn't really appreciate where, you know, when you're in that environment, you're just like, oh, take it for granted. Um, but I'd love to like be out on their property. They have really cool creeks and just, you can do like a lot of stuff. We go morel hunting and uh, stuff like that with my dad. Um, but then I came to the city for VCU. Uh, first college. And, um, that's when I started like missing the mountains and missing being outside as much because now I was in an urban environment. So that's what kind of like brought me back to the outdoors was getting out of it and then being in a city. And then after that, I was like, Oh, well I need to get outside. So uh, I love to climb and camp and bike. And now I've gotten into the paddling thing. So yeah, I mean, I just love being outdoors kind of all encompassing. So, uh what what year did you graduate cuz I know we we were talking a little before we started recording but I actually am a VCU graduate as well and I think we're about the same wow. age. So, Yeah, I graduated VCU in 2013. Okay, so I was I was a year later. I, I might have took a, an extra semester or two, but you know, we're not going to go into those stories. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean the VCU fourth year, that's you know just the extra semester or whatever we used to call it. <laughs> But no, no, that's awesome. And, and especially, you know, kind of, you know, those obviously are two extremes, you know, I, I was sort of in the same, uh, I, I grew up in um, Lancaster, Virginia, which is right on the Rappahannock River and the Chesapeake Bay right there mm -hmm. on the northern neck peninsula. So, um, you know, not a lot going on there either. No mountains, of course, but a lot of water activities. And, and that was, you know, I moved to Richmond, because I kind of wanted the city life. And then to your point, you kind of experience that, um, you, you kind of miss the, the smaller things, I guess, if you will. But I feel like Richmond has a good scene 
for the outdoors type. Um, what would you agree with that? Obviously, you're still there. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's honestly like what, um, you know, is keeping me in Richmond. You know, I've been here 11, 12 years. You know, I was ready to try something different. But with Beyond Boundaries, um, it kind of opened my horizon. Like I didn't have any friends in the river community. Uh, and it's kind of a hard and intimidating, you know, field to get in if you don't know anything about water. And with like starting at Beyond Boundaries, I have made so many friends and so many people who are offer you a PFD or want to take you on an upper lap or, you know, so it made Richmond a lot bigger for me, actually, you know, this new role that I have. Uh, and I mean, there's no city that you can bike mountain or mountain bike, uh, climb and then paddle in the same day, except for Richmond. So that's what I really love about you know, being here now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely diverse in that sense. And and it seems, you know, every time I do uh, visit home or keep up with what, what people are doing back home, um, it's, it's, it seems like it's still kind of to continue to grow kind of that, that lifestyle in a sense. So was it like during, I guess, going back to, to the college time, was it, was it during college that you kind of started missing the outdoor kind of lifestyle. And I mean, it sounds like for the most part, when you were home, you know, you know, kind of went out hiking and exploring with with your dad and, and family and whatnot. But as far as like getting into the more, I guess, sports, if you will, or activities, um, what did that kind of start in college? Uh, like probably a little bit after college, because, you know, you okay. graduate, and you're like, I need to be a grown up, I need a job. So <laughs> I got a job and you, you know, you work really hard. Um, and then I, I was working kind of in the opposite field, like indoor sports. Uh, so indoor sock, soccer programs and stuff. Oh, that's really fun. My dogs are just going crazy. Um, oh, we love but, dogs. It's fine. <laughs> good, good. Um, but they, uh, but in the indoor soccer world, you know, I was just inside all the time. And so then I became friends with this uh, girl who is really into camping and started taking me on camping trips. And I was just like the first time we went, it was probably not, you know, the picture perfect camping trip, but I just loved it. Like I loved that anything we didn't have, we figured it out or anything that we needed, you know, we were able to MacGyver something together or, you know, I just really loved that. And so after that, I just, that was it for me. I just started buying camping gear. That was probably when I was like 24, 25. And then after that, camping was just my favorite. Um, did the Triple Crown in Roanoke, you know, did McAfee's and um, all those really fun trails. So that's kind of what brought me back into the outdoors, but I was still working in the indoor sports. So it was kind of having both of my passions come together, like organized sports, like soccer and stuff, but then kind of like the wilderness, the wild side of Crozet, like coming in. And so I started feeling like more authentic to myself. And I was like, oh, you don't have to, you don't have to do one or the other. You can do everything that you want to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like you said, kind of that, that balance that, that you found there. Um, and I'm, I'm sure kind of getting outside, you know, even, even though you were working with something you loved in far as like the, the organized sports go, I'm sure there's still stresses that go along with that. So you can kind of reset in there. And it sounds like you kind of went all in as far as after that, that first camping trip. So, and, and then, so I guess as far as like, you know, the rock climbing aspect and, and some other stuff like that, did that kind of evolve from, from that initial kind of love for camping and then, you know, doing some, um, uh, some other activities and stuff like that? Yeah. So I was working at that indoor sports place, a uh, sports center, Richmond, um, in 
at this time when Keek RVA started to open, which is a rock climbing gym in Richmond. Um, and I was just so excited about that process and learning, like meeting these rock climber people really expanded my horizon. I mean, cause you know, they're usually into more than just rock climbing. You know, you have to camp usually and hike to get to your, uh, your summit. But, um, yeah, I just really, uh, dove right in when peak started opening and, you know, they gave me a membership and I just, I started bouldering like every single day. And I just really liked, um, going to the gym and like not being like, I'm going to do 10 sets of 10, whatever. And what, you know, just that technical part, I just liked going and challenging myself, like looking at holds that looked hard and seeing if I could do it. And then after a year of like just bouldering, I got into top rope and I, I've never looked back. I don't boulder anymore. I don't really like it as much. Um, on top rope, I feel like I can do anything. Like I'll go for a, a move I can't get because I know my belayer will catch me. And it's just like a much more freeing experience. So that's when my friend Sam was like, hey, you need to climb outside. And I was like, oh, <laughs> sounds really scary. Um, but I have climbed outside now at Manchester Wall and at Raven's Roost. And I mean, two incredible experiences. And my goal by the end of 2023 is to climb at Seneca. So personal October birthday goal for myself. Nice, nice. It, uh, yeah. it sounds like you have some drive, so I, I think you'll get it done. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we'll be able to get up that wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awesome, kind of how, how that all sort of evolved. And then kind of, you know, to, to go back to, you know, you, you kind of, you know, worked in, you know, kind of the, the organized sports active or um, industry, if you'll call it mm -hmm. that. And then where, where did the kind of the connection, I guess, you know, we, we've mentioned Beyond Boundaries a couple of times now. Where did that connection first start for you? And like, where'd you learn um, about them and yeah. kind of that story? I've like, I'd heard about Beyond Boundaries, you know, just from like being around Richmond or seeing the logo or the sticker. Um, but everyone that I know that knows me knows I'm just like really passionate when it comes to working with people. And I'm really excited about meeting people from all cultures, all abilities, anything. So when Beyond Boundaries was hiring, I had actually left my indoor sports job right before the pandemic. And so I was just waiting tables and bartending. Um, and then I started teaching. So all my friends, you know, I was like back into the education part. And um, I don't love the public school setting, but I do love working with kids. Um, so it was a really good, nice balance for me. But then my friend who is a board member uh, for Beyond Boundaries saw that they had a position open. And I reached out to Shep. I basically wrote a uh, very like personal cover letter, basically a love letter about the outdoors and education. And I interviewed and I got it. So that was cool. It was just like one of my friends was like, I think you'd be a great fit. I was like, that sounds like my dream job. And then I just um, went full for it. Just, yeah, had to go for it. That, that's, that's cool. Um, and especially, you know, some, some, some things might, uh, you know, they it kind of always happen for a reason, right? Especially, you know, you mentioned, right. you know, you, you, you love teaching and meeting people and helping others, but the, the public school system it might not be kind of, you know, what you're into, but you're still able to kind of use, use that ability in this different, um, environment, which is, which is great. Um, obviously, and I, and I guess we probably should stop and say for those that who might've not heard past episodes, um, about beyond boundaries, but Maybe take a minute to explain um, what what all what all you do. Yeah, so we are we are a nonprofit and we facilitate outdoor adventures for those who don't normally have 
the ability to do them, whether it's cost prohibitive, um, whether they need adaptive equipment. Um, so we serve veterans, at-risk youth, people in substance recovery, and those with physical and cognitive disabilities. That's great. And that's, I mean, such a, a wide variety. And, you know, we've we've worked with Beyond Boundaries for a long time. And, and you know, some of the some of the adventures uh, that you all go on, um, I would probably be freaked out a little bit about or nervous for, I guess I would say. So it's so it's really cool to see, you know, these other people's uh, people, of, you know, uh, in different circumstances, kind of taking advantage of that and and kind of, you know, finding finding that adventure um, within themselves. So what and, and then so with that, you know, you kind of you got hired um, after the love letter, which I love that personal touch. Um, <laughs> yeah. And what what was kind of your primary role? Because, I mean, obviously with the nonprofit, um, you know, a, a, a big following, but, you know, still kind of small as far as. Um, you know, the staff and kind of the day-to-day stuff goes. So what was kind of your role that you were able to help um, kind of grow what what Beyond Boundaries is? Well, yeah, Shep has created an absolutely amazing organization. Um, <clears throat> the culture and just like ev- everything about Beyond Boundaries is just positive and amazing. And I always feel like I'm hanging out with a different group of friends, but my role is the program director. So um, I will be running programming, uh, such as climbing, paddling, you know, whatever we add to it, uh, climbing. Shep still handles fishing as I'm not a great fisherwoman, but I still, you know, have some room to grow there. But yeah, I mean, basically right now, I'm just taking over a lot of the programming side. And so Shep can focus more on, you know, the big picture stuff and, you know, the stuff that a COO does with um, an organization. So yeah, I just seem kind of taking over that part, but we obviously have a lot of programs. So You'll still see me and Shep at some, or sometimes we split the days if he's doing a pontoon trip and I'm doing, you know, a climb. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I'm responsible for. And because of my education background, uh, my degree was early in elementary ed. I can help like cultivate some curriculums and some um, building programs like our adventure club at uh, Beyond Boundaries. That's awesome. And I, uh, I know nothing about teaching, but my wife is a teacher and I know she always works on that kind of stuff. So it's cool. And I'm sure it's super helpful um, from the yeah. organization standpoint to have somebody with that experience and kind of, you know, you know, more, more than just a program, if that makes sense. That doesn't, that didn't mean to sound bad about any of the previous right. ones, but, yeah, but one y- of the- you can be a little more intentional, you know? Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that you have to know is, you know, Shep can't, and Shep and myself, we can't be experts at biking and climbing and camping and be able to write perfect curriculums, right? So we, what we do at Beyond Boundaries is we rely on those who have the knowledge. So Patrick from RVA Paddle Sports, he knows everything about the water. So we partner with him for our paddle trips. It doesn't mean we aren't educating ourselves, but, you know, just knowing the limits. So I think one of the strengths that I bring to Beyond Boundaries is my education background and, you know, some curriculum writing experience, a lot of curriculum writing experience. And that's something that I can add value to the organization. And, you know, next time we're looking for somebody else, we can look for what else we need, you know, other strengths that maybe I don't have or, you know, Chef doesn't have. And we'll just continue to build the team that way. Yeah, kind of, kind of expand with with friends in a sense, you know, and and relying on yeah, others exactly. that also want to do well. So, what? And speaking of programs, like how I guess, what is the the frequency of of them? You know, is it is it every single weekend? There's a trip. Is it kind of spread out? Is there um, 
consistency uh, as far as you know the the people that attend each one of those like what well, I guess what does that look like for somebody that that could get involved sure so we typically partner with existing groups um, like Jacob's chance uh, or you know McShin Foundation which is a substance recovery program um, we partner with them they so they come to us they say you know we already have 10 people who want to go on a paddle trip can we do that and you know we make it happen so right now we are in the busy busy season um, and I think I would say like we average about three paddle trips a week in the busy season, uh, wow. you know, two pontoon trips a week. And then there's climbs, there's indoor climbs, outdoor climbs. So right now we're running anywhere from six to 10 programs a week, you know, and then once it gets cold, it'll slow down a little bit, but, uh, or we can, you know, focus more on the adventure club type of, uh, activities we offer. But yeah, that, it's just kind of, you know, whatever people want to book, they just give us a day. And if we're free, we'll make it happen. That's a that's a pretty jam packed uh, week, especially when you talk about the different activities that you're doing. It's not like you're repeating the same one, you know, those six to 10 times. Um, so, yeah, I mean, no. it's, it's <laughs> and each paddle trip is different. So like depending on the group or, you know, just depending on who you're with. And <clears throat> so it's really fun. It's really diverse. And I've learned a lot this summer. That's that's cool. And yeah, I mean, it's uh, and it's and it's awesome, you know, to be able to kind of get into that busy season, help all that and then have a little bit of a, a, a breather, you know, once it gets a little chillier. Um, and speaking of which, what you one of the things that you mentioned um, just now is kind of, you know, as things start slowing down, there's kind of another program that I think was already in place, but you're kind of developing it a, a little bit more, I guess would be the right way to say it. Was that the, uh, the, uh, adventure program? Yeah. The adventure club, um, the adventure Chef club and go. our marketing team. Yeah. Uh, trailhead creative. Um, they came up with this really awesome idea called adventure club. And the idea is that you, the participants go through level one, level two, and then level three and they're six to eight weeks each. And then after they've gone through level three, they themselves should be able to guide the program. So we actually start next week with the Autism Society of Central Virginia for level one. Um, and I've, I've been the one developing the curriculum for that because of, you know, the education background. So we have set curriculums and each week we'll go over, you know, the set of skills and they'll uh, earn their badges. And so by the end of it, they should have, you know, all 12 badges from the program and you know they graduate and then they can be the guides themselves so making sure that each you know level is different and that they're getting a different skill each time is definitely important to me um and you know my hope is that we have like a whole program run by participants and maybe i'm not even there you know that they can they're able to be empowered to you know do this themselves and you know that would be the goal um obviously i love being a part of it but just that that would be awesome. It just that if they felt so empowered, they could lead it themselves. The best way to teach, you know, the best way to learn is through teaching, in my opinion, and sometimes. Um, so by teaching, they're learning and being empowered because, I mean, you know, who doesn't love to share their passions? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, th and that whole program sort of, um, you know, builds upon itself, right? As far as, you know, the different, I guess, right. curriculums, I guess, what, what you would call them, um, Right. Yeah. So basically, you know, for fishing is one of the things. So for in level one, you know, we're not going to just like go out and we're going to start fishing. We're going to have like a practice fishing thing. You know, we have a really fun game called Backyard Bass and we'll practice casting and that will be, you know, level one. So if people find they didn't like casting, they didn't even like that. 
cool. Or maybe they love casting and they want to catch all the fish. Uh, or maybe they like catching the plastic ones better. You know, we'll just give them that option. But then when they go up to level two, they will actually go fishing with Shep. And then, you know, they'll get to do the real thing. And then in level three, you know, my ideal situation would be to take them somewhere special to fish. Like maybe we go off of a pontoon boat. So you start with really the basics, just casting. There's no hooks in level one. You know, we're just practicing on plastic fish. Then level two, you know, you're outside really fishing. And then level three, maybe you're doing it from a pontoon boat. So it makes it much more special. So each one does feel different. You know, you're not doing the same things over and over. Yeah. And I personally, I could probably use that fishing one because I'm not a fisher myself. Um, <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> but um, no, no, no that, that's that's cool. It's kind of a different, you know, obviously perspective than just the regular kind of um, trips and programs and stuff that you offer because it is, you know, a little more, um, I guess, intensive would be the, the right word um, as far as like the education standpoint. And then at the end of it, you know, having the chance to, okay, I can I can guide this now. I can do this now. Was there, is is that like a way to, because obviously, you know, if you're starting off um, at the level one, you know, where you're not actually doing the activity or practicing the activity or learning about it or, or, you know, whatever, do you think that's a way to kind of ease people that might um, be concerned about like going on a trip itself, like kind of into the program and then eventually into, you, you know, the regular things that you all host? Yeah. I mean, that was kind of my idea is, you know, sometimes things are really overwhelming, um, to do something new for the first time. So this is kind of to take the ease off. And then, you know, for the kids that are like, well, this is boring. Well, great. We know they want to do level two fishing. Um, or, you know, the, the ones that are hungry for more. And that's part of what I wanted to do was, you know, empower people. Maybe they did level one and they didn't want to sign up for level two immediately. And then they want to sign up for level two in the spring. They still, you know, have that option. Um, yeah. So my, my idea is just not scare people away too quickly, but get them excited and make it varied. You know, it, it's fun to fish, but if we did it at the same location for all three levels, it's not going to be as fun. So just making sure that we're varying it and making it fun. You know, that's my goal. And yeah, like comfortability of participants is always priority as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's all. I mean, and, and you know, they can kind of get their their feet wet because you know, I guess if if you did a trip that was, uh, you know, kind of all out there, like you said, whatever you know, a level three would be, maybe that would take them too far out of their comfort zone at once, and then they never want to try it again. But for the people that would that that might experience that, you know, if they're starting kind of at the at the bottom and working their way up, then, you know, like you said, by the time they mm-hmm. get to the end, they're they're comfortable with it, um, which is obviously just yeah. one more person enjoying the outdoors. So that's the whole goal. So exactly. So, and I went through Swiftwater Rescue before I, um, you know, had done anything in the water and I did it in March and it was nine feet. And it was freezing and I was really scared. And <laughs> there was one drill that they asked me to do and I refused to do it. And like, you know, challenge by choice is one of the things Beyond Boundaries focuses on. If you don't feel comfortable doing something, you don't have to. Your goals might be different from my goals. So I always look back to that as like a really good experience for me because A, I didn't think I could get through it and I did. And B, I also learned a lot from it, but it was also really scary. So I'm able to, you know, kind of see that side instead of, you know, getting frustrated if someone's scared about going on a paddle trip. I totally understand because I went through something very similar myself. So anytime I, you know, if someone's even nervous about fishing, you know, that's not my place to 
say there's nothing to be nervous about. You know, I usually ask them like, okay, well, what are you nervous about? You know, validate their feelings because I had some friends that helped me get through swift water rescue the exact same way. So, you know, I just try to uh, use any knowledge I have and help the participants with that. And that's, that happened through beyond boundaries. So it all came full circle. <laughs> and no, and that, that's cool. That's a good point too. Cause you, you know, you can be relatable and empathize with, you know, whatever they're feeling, whatever those concerns are, you know, with your own experience and, you, you know, realize, you know, just, just cause you say, I probably oh, wouldn't we have, have done that as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, cause just cause you say, oh no, it'll be fine. You know, not everybody is going to um, believe you, I guess, you know, unless you kind of talk them through it. So you got to know how to kind of talk them through it in that sense. So so like with your time with with Beyond Boundaries and the outdoors um, kind of in general, are there any like stories that kind of stand out, you know, whether it it be on it on a trip? Or maybe it's um, your own your own personal trip or something that just kind of really just stuck with you? Um, this one trip that we went on earlier this year with Beyond Boundaries, uh, we partner with the Virginia Department of the Blind and the Visually Impaired. Um, and it is such a fun trip. But there are two trips with them. Um, we do with their adult students and then we do it with the youth students. And what was cool was some of the adult students um, from the first trip were uh, on the second trip to help with the youth. So I became really good friends with this girl, Andrea. And we just really bonded. She was on my boat. We were in the front together and she just like loved water stuff. And we just really hit it off. So when she was at the second one, I was so excited and I purposely made the guides put me in her boat with her. <laughs> so we got to do it again together. And it was just so fun, like because we had the you know camaraderie from before and we were just like joking and, you know, we pulled off to have lunch about halfway through the trip. And when we get back on the boat, Andrea asked if I would sit her um, or be willing to wear a blindfold down the rest of the river. And I really felt very honored that she asked me like first, just that like we developed that relationship and she wanted me to have this experience. And, but also I felt terrified and nervous. Like that sounds terrifying. And obviously that is what these people we're going through, you know, they are visually impaired. So I was like, well, who am I to say I won't do this? And I put on the blindfold and oh my goodness, like totally different water experience. I mean, I couldn't even feel that we were moving. I had no idea where we were. And, you know, was trying to like use the sounds to figure out where we were. And I mean, that's what I did. I was able to be like, okay, oh, we're by the, uh, we're by pipeline because I can hear the water and I can hear the train. And it was really very, like very just illuminating to me about you know what they go through and just that they wanted me to be part of that experience um and on the trip the boys were trying to play a prank on me and pull me <laughs> into the water um uh, like from my pfd but because i was blindfolded and i was just like so braced and like so like my adrenaline was pumped I was so braced in the boat that when Chris tried to pull me off, I just stayed in the boat. I just did like a big sit up and <laughs> and I was blindfolded. So he was a little embarrassed, but it was very funny. And when we got to the end, um, you know, obviously I was able to take my blindfold off. So, you know, it's not the same reality as them, but I, I mean, I'm so grateful for that experience. It was very scary and eye opening, but also empowering. And we did it. We all got through it together and, yeah, that was probably like one of my top trips this summer for sure. 
That's awesome. And, and, you know, to, to your point, you know, her asking you to do that, you know, as you know, you took it as an honor that she did ask you, even though you were afraid. I mean, I think that's, um, kind of, um, a, a good word, I guess, to use, you know, cause they, you know, she felt comfortable enough to ask you that. And then also, like you said, the, it's not obviously not the, the same thing as, you know, actually being visually impaired, but you, you, you get to see, well, maybe get to see isn't the right word, but to have that perspective of this is actually what's, right. you know, what's, what's going on. Yeah. When and I, I was think, thinking about, you know, the word I would use, I was going to say eye opening, but that's not <laughs> like, that was just dark and, you know, that just didn't work, but that's really how I felt. I just felt like I learned so much and I wouldn't have been able to any other way besides like this person asked me and I felt comfortable with her. Like I felt like I could be honest with her about, you know, if I did or didn't want to do it. But I ultimately, I was like, you know what? I do need to do this. This is like a good learning tool. And like, why not? You know? Yeah. And, and, you know, for anybody that's listening, it might sound like silly. Oh, well, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you just put it on? It's not the big, I mean, it's, so I haven't done that with on it's the water. So scary. <laughs> it well my so my experience was a couple years ago I was I was visiting home and I actually I actually the only time I've met Shep in person. Um I met him and Brian Bell at the climbing gym. Um can't think of the name of it, but anyways, uh and as and I'm personally not a climber myself. Um I mean I can, but I'm you know <laughs> by no means a, a pro but uh, he was like, yeah, um, try, try doing it with his blindfold on. And he asked me to do it. I was like, I mean, sure. Well, I mean, what can happen? I, you know, I fall off and somebody's going to catch me. Um, whoever's blaming me, but it, it's, it was, I mean, it was scary, even though I knew there was that safety net, um, and obviously a little bit different for you on the water, but it, it does help, you know, in, in my kind of small example, you know, it, to your point, it helps you kind of put things in perspective of, you know, what, what it's like. And it does really take, you know, the person who, who can see every day, you know, out of the, out of their, their comfort zone, even with something, you know, that might seem so simple. Um, so, you know, being able to experience that, you know, there's, there's some appreciation that goes with that. Yeah. I mean, I just, it was really just very empowering and I learned a lot and it was scary and it feels completely different. And yeah, I've done some blindfold climbing and I feel that climbing is like where I'm most comfortable and, not when I have a blindfold on, you know, it's just, yeah. and so putting yourself in these situations gives you that perspective of maybe what they're going through or maybe what their fears are and just makes you or anyone more relatable as a person. And that's, I think, you know, the most important thing is just the human connection that we're trying to achieve with Beyond Boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. And then those, you know, those connections lead to so, so much more, you know, after that, that first experience together from repeat trips to everything else in between, um, which obviously just, you know, helps them and helps helps the community and everything kind of all in all in one. So it's it's kind of great, like you said, to have that focus on that that human connection and, and trying to, to relate the best you can in the best way um, is, is awesome. So kind of to to that point, one thing I always like to ask our guests is one piece of advice um, for our listeners. Um, and I'm kind of trying to think where, where to take that, that question. But, you know, I think for, you know, maybe for someone actually, we'll, we'll go back to your example, actually, maybe there's someone out there, um, you know, they know somebody that, you know, might kind of have, have some kind of, um, you know, vision impairment or some other kind of disability, but, and they really want to get, get them out there to, to go and kind of experience, you know, whatever that is. Um, 
you know, whatever makes the most sense. How, what, like, what would your advice be to sort of like help, help somebody along with that as far as to create that connection and, and help them, um, you know, get out there and experience, you know, the outdoors sort of in that sense. Yeah. I mean, I would just tell people, um, you know, to just, if you want to do something, you can do it. And you have more in common with people than you have differences. Um, and I have really found that through Beyond Boundaries. I mean, constantly, you know, people are stressed about if they're going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or whatever. And I think that as long as your intention is that you're trying to be, you know, a good, authentic person, then, you know, we all have more in common than we think. So I would just say, like, if, if you're, if there's something you want to do, don't settle like do it, go for it. Don't be inauthentic to yourself. Um, go for anything you want. Confusion is just a step, you know, is just a step in the journey to authenticity. So if you're confused about something, you know, just start asking yourself the questions. Why, you know, why, why am I afraid to do this? Or can I do this? The answer is always yes. Anyone can do anything they want. There are barriers for sure, but just try to find people like Shep who break down those barriers. Um, that would be my advice is, you can do anything you want. Just, you just have to really want it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, you know, I think that's, that's excellent advice in that way. And, you know, a lot of the stuff, uh, the worries and concerns that we have, we sort of make up in our own mind, uh, you know, no matter where we're at in life. So, you know, it applies in this case as well. So to, to that point, where, where can people find you online? Um, you know, if they're local in Richmond or around the area, how they could, you know, get involved, either volunteering or participating, um, or maybe even get some, you know, inspiration themselves if they're on the other side of the country. Yeah, well, if people want to follow Beyond Boundaries, we have an Instagram account, Facebook, um, and just Beyond Boundaries RVA. And we're always posting about our adventures. Um, if people are interested in my personal journey, I have an Instagram. My name is just Katie McLernan. And you can follow me there. Uh, I always just post about my dog and Beyond Boundaries. So, uh, yeah, and we have a really big uh, Rimby Festival coming up, the Right in My Backyard Festival on October the 1st. Um, and it's a huge, huge fundraiser for Beyond Boundaries. And we'll have band and raffle prizes and you'll get to hang out with me and Shep. And it's really fun. Um, that'll be from 10 to 3 on October the 1st. And, yeah, it, that's, you know, we're always looking for volunteers. That's a good way to meet a bunch of people. Um, I've met actually my like best friend in Richmond um, at Beyond Boundaries event, uh, the second event. And now I hang out with her all the time. So shout out to Lauren Rasnick. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm, I'm excited to, to uh, about the festival again. That's like the, is it the third year or fourth um, year? I think this will be our fourth year. Fourth year. Okay. It'll be my first one. So I'm very excited. That'd be awesome. And it's cool to see, see kind of that, that grow and the progression over the years. So, um, definitely if you all are in the area, please attend that, that, uh, festival. Um, I wish I was in a Missouri cause if I wasn't, I would, I would be out there, but, um, and then check them out online. Um, uh, check Katie out online as well for, uh, figure out how to get involved get some inspiration and kind of do that, you know, yourselves. But, I appreciate you taking the time to share your story, um, dive a little bit deeper into some of the new things that are happening at uh, Beyond Boundaries. And I'm looking forward to kind of see that progression. Yeah, I'm really excited to be part of the journey and excited to meet people like you who help, you know, share our mission and make amazing t-shirts. And yeah, I just love meeting all these people through Beyond Boundaries. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about Life in Motion. 
Until next time.